welcome back to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. And joining me as always, well, first of all, I'm Aaron, um, but you should know that by now. Anyway, but joining me as always is Fredo and Dave. How you doing, guys? Hello. Doing all right? Fredo, you didn't answer the question. Well, no, I said hello. How am I doing? I'm doing okay. All right. And we have a very special guest with us this evening, and that is Ariana Gamble from the crew of Chewbacca's right here in new orleans so hi ariana hi um so i do have to say okay so it is thursday and we recorded our our previous episode on monday night i just want to welcome everybody out of the upside down that's that's the last of the political commentary probably for the evening but um yeah so it is uh it's good to be at least partially out of the upside down so I think it's a relief for a lot of people, regardless of whether you're an independent or even some conservatives feel like, okay, well, at least that, that chapter's over and done with. Yeah, but kids are going to now grow up knowing, because we grew up, you know, hearing about the red button on the desk, you know, that yeah. you know, would launch all the codes. And we learned today that there was another red button on the Resolute desk, and that was so that he could order a Diet Coke. Yes, uh, brought in a silver plate, in a nice uh, glass chalice. It was very much a very old world, very fantasy based. That's just, and I'm just glad it was. There is not actually a red button to launch missiles because you know it would be like the it would be like the you know the dog you know trying to figure out which button to push before he yeah. gets his treat. You know. Did you ever see the movie Monsters vs. Aliens? The scene where President Stephen Colbert goes to press the John Red Button, and he's like, "Well, which is the one that orders me a cappuccino?" And it's the other John Red Button. And he's like, "Well, who built this?" And it's like, "You did, sir." Well, fire somebody about that. All I can see is the training was probably, "I am Groot." No, 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 yeah. no. I am Groot. Exactly. No, 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 no. All right, but anyway, basically, I am Groot. No, no, that's the button that will kill everyone. Try again. I am Groot. Mm-hmm. I am Groot. Uh huh. Okay. No! I digress. All right. Well, uh, so this evening we're going to be uh, talking with Ariana about uh, um, the, the messed up carnival season as is and how the crew of Chewbacca's, the most awesome crew in the city, is going to be handling Mardi Gras carnival season uh, uh, this year. But first, as always, we've got to do some trivia because we've all gotten off of work now and we got to get our brains wrapped around. Um, Star Wars, and I need to bring my reading glasses now. This print is getting way too small. Um, all right, so Fredo, I'm going to start with you. Okay. How many credits does Han get in advance to take the Rebel heroes to Alderaan? Huh. I know he asked for 10 all in advance, but I'm pretty sure he gets told he can get two and then 15 when he gets to Alderaan. So 2,000. Man, Fredo, you are on the money tonight. The 2,000 credits. Republic credits? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> no, that was, that was Monday. That was Monday, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's go to Dave now so we can make Ariana sweat. Um, <laughs> Dave, who decides that Luke Skywalker can't attend the Academy until next year? Come on. I... Okay, so it could, it, could, it could be two people, um, but I'm going to say uh, Uncle Owen. 
it, I, sorry, I flipped the card and the first thing I saw was Lando Calrissian. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> yes, it, it is Owen Lars. Who did you yeah. think was the other one? Well, Baru, you could have lumped her in with him. Uh, Baru was, well, yeah, I suppose. Well, United front and all that, you know. Which, okay, so I have to ask Ariana this. Um, you're going to get two trivia questions because, yes, I, Fredo, I haven't let this go. And anybody who's listened to this, I've talked about it before. Um, and if I guess, Ariana, I don't know, if you listen, you probably heard me rant about this. But I this, think I have. All right. So, okay. So the, uh, the bar trivia um, question that I got was um, harvested from the planet Jetta. Kyber crystals are used to power what Star Wars weapon? I would agree with you that it's a trick question because it's both lightsaber and the Death Star. All right. Hear that trivia company? See, <laughs> I should get those points back. All right. for So for real now, and someday I'll drop. You need to get like a uh, the Monty Python uh, clip, Dave, of them going, get on with it every time I go on with that story. Um, all right. So Ariana, to you. Who suggests as rebel starfighters attack the first Death Star, we'll have to destroy them ship to ship? Uh, That's worded horribly. Did I read it right? Who no, you read it right, but it's worded horribly. Who suggests like around the table in that conversation? But I see this is what I hate about trivia is that I had I don't I can't recall that information off the top of my head. Um, um, I have no idea. I'm just going to say Admiral Akbar because I know he was around the table. It was Darth Vader. Oh, this is, um, that's what I mean. It's horribly written. Well, it's uh, who suggests as rebel starfighters attack the first death star, we'll have to destroy them ship to ship. Uh, the, it was the rebel who were strategizing. Rebel strategizing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, so rebels attack. Who says? Yeah, because yeah, they told them, uh, you know, they're so small, they're evading our turbo lasers. Well, we can, will have to destroy them ship to ship. Because, because it was a crappy written question, thanks, Trio Pursuit. Um, here, here's another one for you. Who professes love for Qui Gon Jinn just seconds after meeting him? Oh. Uh, I have no idea. It was Jar Jar Binks. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Heart you, Jar Jar. All right. Well, here, here's mine. Who picks Django Fett's helmet off the arena floor? Probably one of the darkest moments in Star Wars, but that is Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Boba. All right. So, no, was it just the helmet? I yeah well right. actually That's yes it was because if you watch that scene you see two shadows you see the oh, helmet okay. and you see a shadow of something else going off so yeah they tell you that the head's not in there okay yeah Thank goodness. i they have never heard darker. boba fett spurs but i've seen Django fett's head shadow fly <laughs> so all right fredo we got a couple bits of news what's going on in star wars land uh, so yeah, so a couple of bits of news right quick to get on. Uh, first of all, good news, good news, everyone. Good news, everyone. Uh, EA has lost, it's going to continue its relationship with Disney and Lucasfilm Games. However, they are losing the exclusivity to the license. Why is that good news? Because it means other people can make Star Wars games. Oh, okay. It used, it used to be the case that when 
back in 2011 or 12, whenever uh, Disney signed the deal with Star Wars, with, uh, with EA Electronic Arts, that they agreed to make games, Star Wars games, and they would be the only ones. But the, uh, outside of Jedi Fallen Order and Squadrons, the first two Battlefronts that came out were such a disaster, so controversial, uh, that basically it's like it, it ended up being acts of Congress and parliaments, how bad they were. Anyway, uh, taking this one from Screen Rant, they mentioned that there are, there are already a number of other games in development from other companies, including Ubisoft, which is the people who make the Assassin's Creed games and a couple of other big names. They're working on an open world Star Wars game. Uh, I heard a lot of people are nerding out over that one. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, EA is going to continue developing their Jedi Fallen Order sequel and more stuff for Squadrons. Uh, and then uh, Disney and Lucasfilm Games signed a deal to make uh, a game with uh, Bethesda, the makers of Skyrim, Elder Scrolls, and Fallout. But that was for Indiana Jones. So, yeah, I'm going to get an Indiana Jones game if, you're, if you've been jonesing for that. Pardon the pun. But, yeah, just the idea of, hey, there's other people going to be making stuff because that used to be the case. You used to get, you used to get an action Star Wars game and a pilot Star Wars game and a kid Star Wars game, and depending on which one you like, that's where you went. Yeah, like it's been a slow trickle. That's the biggest critique. Like some of those games have a real mixed reaction to them. You know, some people like them, some people are more uh, lukewarm on them. But it's it's just the the lack of games that I think a lot of people were were annoyed with and so this should help solve that right so is, is competition going to like do what it's supposed to and make better games or are we just going to get a lot of sucky star wars games well hopefully we don't we get fewer <laughs> sucky games but you know shotgun approach if you're getting more the chances of you getting a good one increase sure right on. uh the other bit of news that actually came out this week uh and Aaron's already feeling downbeat about this. Uh, Rogue, well, Alan Tudyk has been doing the rounds for his new sci-fi show Ooh. or sci-fi TV uh, show. And he was asked about his presence in Andor, the new Cassian Andor TV show. And so while talking about it uh, in an interview, he let it slip that the show's shooting right now, but he's not in it. And so in other words, K2SO is not in Andor yet so his quote is so let me just say this quote okay, real quick say the quote. they're shoot yeah they're shooting it right now <clears throat> i'm not in it but if it stays on the air stories keep getting told and i'll end up in there end quote. so what was it i said on this show a couple weeks ago about you know all the people who when you hear a story that somebody says no i'm not going to be in that show <laughs> not to believe it course that seems like a more honest answer but uh, yeah i am i mean i remember when they first announced this it was the day that alan tudyk signed my rogue one poster and i talked mm -hmm. to him about it i was like yeah you're gonna be in cassian and then the people behind me are like yeah it's so awesome he's like yeah it is it's so cool and i don't know i don't know what happened there but um yeah, yeah he said even he, he even said that he's been in all these announcements for the show he had even been up at d23 and he suggested they call it k2 fast k2 furious and <laughs> Yeah. So I, but, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't see how you do, how you do that show without him. 
I can understand if they don't want it to be like, you know, Miami Vice, you know, it's got to be, a, there's got to be a storyline built into how he got this Imperial droid and reprogrammed him. I get it. And who knows, mm-hmm. maybe the K2SO droid, the, the evil version is what you start out with and then becomes Alan Tudyk. I don't know. Cause that'd be fun. It'd be fun to see the mission where they finally ends up with him. I guess that I've come around to that way of thinking, which is that, yeah, like you could build up to that meat cute between the two of them. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I guess I'm better. I was pretty despondent about it as well. I was like, Oh my gosh, like, what are you doing? Cause he's like one of the best parts of rogue one. And and now, like you just not you're not going to have him in there. I don't know. You know what's going to happen is every episode they're going to have one of those droids, and we're all going to go it's K2SO, and then it's not going to be. And then the next episode, there's another one. It's K2SO. No, it's not. You know. And then we're just going to get ticked until the you know final episode when it's finally him. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I'm cynical today. <laughs> 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 so, all right. Is that is that it for the news? That's it for us for this week. Like I said, only a couple of bits. Well, cool. And as you like, I said, we have a very special guest. You hear a different voice on the podcast, but she is back. Um, she's one of our few returning guests. Um, the first time, the first interview was at Nola Brewing. Was, no offense, it was far more enjoyable because we're all you know in a bar huddled around with beer, and there was a Donkey Kong machine going off in the distance. I, mean, I have my beer, so yeah, it's just it's not the same, you know. Actually, uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I want to welcome, and I love the title. It's Overlord, right? Yes, Overlord, oh. space goddess Snackaduia, first of her name. Ariana Gamble, everybody. Hey. I'm so glad to be here again. Um, last time I was on, I had never listened to the podcast before. Well, I think uh, we'd only done like one episode, so I mean, we'll cut you some <laughs> so I, uh, you guys have been, and I've been avidly consuming during the pandemic uh, all things Who Dat Jedi. So good job. I appreciate that. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Um, so I, I think the, the best starting point here would be for anybody who is unfamiliar with Chewbacca to kind of just explain what it is. Absolutely. So the intergalactic crew of Chewbacca is a parading Mardi Gras organization here in New Orleans. Um, we take Mardi Gras seriously. Uh, <laughs> and so this <clears throat> crew was founded Um, with the idea of um, taking our beloved character Chewbacca and mashing it up with the Bacchus, the Roman god of wine, um, as, you know, the the Mardi Gras tradition is. Um, And I think, you know, for all of us who are members, it is a way to celebrate um, the mythology uh, of Star Wars and sci-fi and nerddom that we all love and um, are avid fans of in a way that is uh, kind of meshes with New Orleans culture and parading culture and the creative DIY artistry of um, Mardi Gras walking crews. Um, so we parade every year 
in the Mardi Gras season, um, this would have been our 11th year marching. Um, last year was an amazing parade. It was the first time we had ever marched through the French Quarter. Um, we ended at um, right there at the foot of Canal and um, had a great after party. It was just a lovely experience. And we're really hoping to recreate that this year. But unfortunately, the pandemic has certainly uh, changed all of our plans, uh, including Mardi Gras plans. So we've had to pivot uh, as everyone else has. I think we'll probably get to that here in a minute. But I, I did want to like kind of stress uh, just how much that you guys have grown. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, you started off as just like a few people that were just, you know, making costumes in your garages, basically. And now it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And you can probably give us a, a better number, but it's it, it's crazy. Yeah, so the first time I marched with the parade was the second year of its existence. Um, and it was probably maybe about two, three hundred people. Um, it was a very small group, um, just just kind of show up and be like, hey, I paid my dues. Okay, great. Here's a wristband. Walk and follow everyone else and, and just uh, do what you want to. Um, and now we are a marching parade of 2,000 members. Um, and that's just actually, I think last year we were up to 2,400 dues paying members. Um, marching members is even more because we invite a lot of folks to parade with us who aren't necessarily dues members. Um, so we support groups like um, the, oh gosh, now I can't remember the names of them. They're, they dress up as stormtroopers um, and they're a group of young people with all kinds of um, auditory learning uh, disabilities. Um, and they march with us and it's just, it's great to have this group that has a common purpose of, of loving nerdy things. And then also, you know, creating community and creating nerd community together with folks from across the board, um, whether, you know, bridging the divide between Star Wars and Star Trek and, and horror and, and fantasy and and um, just we like to talk a lot about how crew love is true love, and we like to spread the love of nerddom, and uh, I think that's at the core of who we are and and what we do and bringing people together and celebrating the things that we all love and cherish. I think the one thing too, that you mentioned that I really respond to is that it's not, um, it's very DIY, you know, it's very do it yourself. I'm making my own costume. I'm making my own throws. Well, yeah. And, um, and, and if I can real quick, because I'm a member of the 501st and I can, you know, there's many in, including me every now and again, you know, it's like when I, um, you know, because I, I have my screen accurate, you know, stormtrooper armor and snowtrooper armor and stuff like that. But you do have to understand. So, so what I'm saying is that we can get kind of persnickety sometimes when we see somebody, you know, walking around the French quarter in a, you know, stormtrooper, you know, with the knee pads made. upside down. 
<laughs> with it. Yeah, that's right. Um, or somebody dresses Darth Vader dancing on the corner of Poitras and, and <laughs> magazine, but that's beside the point. Um, but you know, we can get a little persnickety about that. But you know, but when you when you look at what Chewbacca is about, it's like it is. It's it's just like it's very much. It's very New Orleans, where it's just like you know, pull the stick out of your butt. Uh, quite honestly, it's just you know, we're we're having fun here, you know. So yeah, Dave, I'm sorry yeah. I interrupt you. And now, and I think to both of your points, um, Mardi Gras has a very wide um, range of what Mardi Gras is. And I think, especially for people who aren't here or from New Orleans or familiar with Mardi Gras culture, they immediately have this connotation of like Bourbon Street and boobs and beads. And that's not just what this is, you know, um, I like how you said just what this is. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen beads nor boobs at Chewbacca's, but, you know, okay. Listen, okay, we have the crude alien stripper pole, okay? We, we accept all folks. We're highly inclusive. Um, and we're inclusive at a rate that is open to a lot of people. You know, coming and being from New Orleans, growing up here, I never thought that I would be able to ride in a Mardi Gras parade, ride with the crew, because it's expensive. If you look at the traditional crews, their dues, just just to pay your annual membership dues, is, it can be like thousands of dollars. And our dues are $42. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very nice. 42. Huh? Yes, exactly. I mean, it, it is purposeful um, in, in multi ways, right. To, to pay homage to, to the root source of 42, mm -hmm. but also it's intentional because we want people from all walks of life, from all incomes to be able to say, you know, I want to be part of that. These are my people and I want to do that. And, um, keeping dues low is an easy way to make Mardi Gras accessible to a lot of people. You know, it's funny, too, because, like, I think that's just so appropriate for for this kind of parade, because we, we've talked about gatekeeping before and how, like, there's always people that are trying to prevent other people from enjoying the material. And that's just wrong. I mean, yeah, it's just, absolutely. So I, I love it. enjoy yeah. it the way they want to. And it may not be the, the way that you want to enjoy it, but... Um, you know, leave that door open for other people. So, uh, so how much, how much pearl clutching do you have to deal with? If you have like, people are like, Oh, it's a star Wars parade. And then they see the stripper pole and you know, everything. <laughs> I mean, have you ever had anybody like totally lose their mind thinking that this was going to be, you know, Disney's holiday parade and it's not. No, I mean, this is weird, right? This is uh, everything about our parade is weird. And we embrace that. Um, so we embrace the mashups and the mix-ups and, and the DIY-ness of it all. Um, and there, there is no right answer about how to build your costume, how to build your float. Um, I mean, I like, was like any of the people, like any of the people watching the parade. No, think, this is like, green accurate. Absolutely not. We're not that type of group, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and and even as far as prudish level, you know, on that scale, 
I, I would say it's a family organization, right? Yeah. Um, in, in the same way that Star Wars is for everyone, right? Um, we, I parade with my family, like literally my family, my brother, my sister, my nieces. Um, like the second or third year, I pushed my niece in a stroller the entire parade and she did her first Chewbacca's when she was two years old. She was in the parade. Um, now you so, could have made the bassinet and made her be baby Yoda, you know, and <laughs> exactly. Um, and you know, they, as, as part of the family and as part of the crew, they've grown up in this beautiful, creative avenue of, of life in new Orleans. Um, and our Friday night family gatherings in non pandemic times are, you know, us just sitting around the table, making art, making throws for the parade, um, making our costumes, debating why, you know, X character wasn't promoted to general earlier or, or whatever it is. Um, and it's a level of bonding that is, I think honestly unprecedented in the rest of my life. Um, and, and I think that's what bothers me the most about um, people's perception of Mardi Gras as just this frivolous thing. When in reality, for the people who are ingrained in, in the making of the things, it is a way of life that is connection, that is art, that is making, and, and it's beautiful. It's, these are the things that make life meaningful. Yeah, I was going to say right quick, one of the things that struck me in the last few years of seeing is not only how much has Chewbacca's, the organ, you know, the parade grown, you know, because it seems like every year you guys are adding more and more, more people are reaching out, but also how the city has responded to it. Because see, you guys last year had to switch your whole route because I don't think you're going to fit in the old route anymore, realistically, not with the no. crowd you're growing no. And that was one of the reasons why we had our after party at the Fillmore last year, too. Um, you know, there's been a lot of upheaval within the walking crews. You know, Crew de Vu, if you're not familiar, had that whole fiasco <clears throat> last year with their yeah. party and having to change it last minute. And that's why we wanted to have, you know, a venue that's accessible for wheelchairs and, you know, that has certified fire code, like all of the things that are important to do for the safety of our community. Right. Um, and those things don't, I think for some members didn't mesh with the, the very DIY nature of our crew. But the reality is that, you know, growing from 200 people to 2000 people changes our priorities for the safety of 2000 people. And we have to think of ourselves as an organization differently now than we did when we were tiny. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm up to that challenge and, and I, I'm grateful to be at the helm and helping um, other nerds find a place here. Now, I don't know if you can answer this as the overlord, but uh, what has been your, in the, in the years past, what has been your favorite um, costume theme? What, like, somebody that's put together what has been your favorite that that's a hard question and we can't say the pink chewbacca that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> i mean the pink wookie is great he's a, a beautiful wonderful human being um 
I I just said that's too easy of an answer. I was just wondering. It really is. Uh, He's a wonderful person inside the costume and out. Um, I think probably I'm going to cheat and say as a group, probably the women of Wakanda, just the first time that they stepped onto the scene just blew me away because they were so powerful and strong and beautiful and um, just perfectly meshed that idea of fandom, but making it yours. Cool. And I think that's, that's one of the, uh, you know, signs of how good Chewbacca's has been is that it could be very, I imagine it could be very easy to be, like they were saying, gatekeeping, saying, no, we, we're going to stick to this thing, but you guys allow for all uh, geekdom, all nerdom, whatever you're into, if you can find somebody else who wants to march with you and put together costumes and get out there and put together throws, you're welcome to do so. So so what's one you had to be explained? Like you went up and <laughs> oh, said, no. what, what in the heck are you? You know, what, what's one you had to have explained to you? know that if I don't get their costume I don't think I've ever asked honestly you know it's it's just there's so much weird things happening on parade day that I'm like okay weird dude weird weird alien person you do you right on I love it yeah it's it's very inclusive and it's very much in keeping and I agree with you with the spirit of what Mardi Gras really is because it really is about community and i think like again a lot of people who don't live here or only come and visit for a day or two they they probably they they may not experience that or understand it but it's 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 very tight in this is when you see your family oh i'm gonna go see my grandparents we're gonna get some fried chicken and hang out at the route today you know like something as simple as that uh becomes one of those treasured memories And I I think it's one of those things that even outside of the relationships, the personal relationships we make, it helps define our culture as a city um, because those moments where you're on the parade route and your neighbor on the parade route that you've never met before, never had a conversation before in your life, will never talk to you again, you know, on the parade route, you're best friends. And you're like, Hey, I have some chicken. You have some, you want to trade with King cake? You know, it's, it, it, it creates this like big easy (laughs) mentality of like, we're all in this together. And I think it's one of the things that really, makes new orleans stand apart in american cities yeah so like this uh, for me this is the natural transition point into this year right we're all missing that connection yeah and we're we're missing that connection in general but especially right now because by now we've all typically taken in a parade or two um how how are you got well first of all how are you coping and secondly uh no (laughs) that's why she's that's why she's got a beer dave (laughs) we all got our beer um but like i guess more to the point for chewbacca's like what are you guys specifically planning to do this year 
um, to try to, you know, engender that sort of sense of community in 2021? Yeah, I think um, personally, on the front end of the pandemic, I was doing a really good job of, um, you know, we would, I, I would set up these weekly Zoom calls with Chewbacca's folks that we could hang out and talk and just talk shop and check in and how people were doing. And um, there came a point where even that felt like I couldn't keep up with it. And yeah. it was emotionally taxing. Um, and while I wanted to, I also felt like I gotta take care of myself too, y'all. <laughs> and, and so I would, those kind of faded out a little bit and the deeper we've gotten into the pandemic, I think it's been hard to create those connections um, because it isn't, no matter what we do, it isn't the same. So my, my sub crew, you know, the, the big Chewbacca group is 2000 people and we kind of divide up into smaller subgroups in order to, you know, facilitate that small connection of this is our group that we march with and and line up and all of those kinds of things and like my group is called uh crew remix and it I, like i said it's my family and and my next door neighbors and, and friends from work and stuff like that and um we got together for halloween and just had like an outdoor picnic in um city park and it was great, you know, it was like, oh, nice connection, but it was, it was kind of fleeting. Like that moment, it gave you a little bit of joy, but it didn't recharge me in the way that those connections would normally do. Um, and so we had organized this kind of scavenger hunt idea of throughout the city, we would station different subcrews as a way to get throws from our crew to members of the public, our fans, or people who normally enjoy the parade. And then New Orleans went into modified phase one. And we felt like even that type of interaction, because we would be bringing together people from multiple households, was irresponsible. Um, so two weeks ago, we scaled back even those plans. And now we have a um, costume contest uh, that will be on Facebook and Instagram. If anybody wants to join, it's open to the public. It's open to members of the crew. Um, we have prize packs. Uh, the overall winner will win a lifetime membership in the Intergalactic Crew of Chewbacca's. Um, those are very rare and highly special. So uh, if, if you're interested in joining the crew, all you have to do is dress up, Show us off your, your best look. Um, it doesn't matter where you are. If you're in New Orleans, if you're not over around the world, uh, you can join and just post with the hashtag Chewbacca's New Reality 2021 by Saturday at 8 p.m. Um, and you'll be entered into the contest. There will be two winners. One winner will be chosen by judges and one winner will be chosen by uh, as the internet gods choose uh, the number of likes and shares that you get. <laughs> so I, I think it was a way for us to create some collaboration between 
um, ourselves and our fans of the parade uh, without actually in person bringing people together. And I think we're, we're very much hoping that we can bring back that scavenger hunt idea, um, you know, maybe later, maybe in March or whenever it's safe to do so. You know, and everybody's having to, uh, man, talk about <laughs> New, Orleans, New Orleans is a very progressive town, but it's also uh, really holds on to their traditions, you know, and they don't, they, they're progressive, but they don't like change. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, I think we've really struggled with a lot of these things because it's like when somebody even says, well, all the festivals now are going to be in the fall and everybody, I mean, there's probably some people are like, no, just let it let it go a year, you know, type of thing. Um, but everybody's had to rethink, you know, like I said, think outside the box, you know, celebration under the Oaks is, is, you know, different. They went back to what they used to do with the drive through stuff. Um, and so, you know, with carnival, it's going to be really, that, that really has to be tough because I'd imagine it becomes kind of a machine where it's like by X date, this has to be done by X date. This has to be done. You kind of get into that routine. And now it's like, Oh, crud. How do you totally redesign a building? So. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you know, I don't think people realize how much time gets put into planning a parade. Um, so basically when parade season is over, we have debrief meetings. We talk about what worked, what didn't. We make notes, we make plans. We, we think about how we're going to improve the next year and things start immediately. Um, and so it's a full year of, of planning and dreaming and, and how we're going to put this together. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's a difficult beast to shift. So particularly last minute (laughs) on a totally different note, um, we, we talked about when you first went, one of the coolest things that you guys have as part of, uh, your crew is the, uh, is Peter Mayhew's sock. Now, is, does do you take turns as to who gets to keep it, or is it like in a safe deposit box somewhere, or is it in a vault that Nicolas Cage has to break into? I mean, well, there, you know, there's a little bit of, of drama with the history of the sock, too. You know, any parading, or I don't know of any parading organization in New Orleans that doesn't have a little bit of drama. <laughs> um, so there was some. Uh, concern about the ownership of the sock and who the socks were given to and previous overlords uh, retain whether they retained ownership of the sock or whether it was um, given in service to the crew as an entirety. Are we sure that the existing sock is an authentic sock or did somebody Absolutely. swap out something? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, so the there are two socks. Uh, the holy sock that the organization holds on to is kept in a top secret location. Um, the other sock. She just was... looked to her left, everybody. It's probably sitting on her shelf, like right over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other sock was uh, sold on eBay. There you um, go. Who, who, uh, okay. So how much did the, the Peter Mayhew sock go for? I don't know. Uh. Um, We did, the crew did uh, put in a bid to try to reclaim the sock for the organization. 
um, but we were not successful. Oh, so this was an unsanctioned eBay thing? Uh, again, oh, drama, I don't want I don't want to put you on the spot, but this just got good, you know. <laughs> so I don't know who the current owner is. Um, I don't have any contact with the previous owner of the sock, uh, but I, I wish the sock well, and I'm very grateful that we still have the one holy sock, and it is um, cared for and maintained and uh, as a holy relic of our organization. So I'm going to throw you a slight curveball um, because it, it feels like it's sort of in in the same general context of a costume contest, uh, which is uh, the crew of house floats, um, which my wife has become involved in. And she said that she knew at least a couple of members of Chewbacca's were decorating their homes is that, is that anything that you guys had discussed or encouraged amongst your members? Um, absolutely. It's, it's, there are a lot of Chewbacca's members who are participating. It wasn't, it didn't feel like something that as an organization, we should be, um, it didn't feel like our place to be like Chewbacca's is going to be doing this too. You know, it, it felt like a grassroots kind of thing where individual folks were deciding for themselves whether they or not they wanted to um, decorate. So we didn't want to step on people's toes, but absolutely support the whole DIY concept of the idea. Um, I have not decorated my house. I have some thoughts and ideas, but also, you know, I'm a little bit mopey about life in general, so I haven't gotten around to it. Well, to what you were talking about earlier, we we decorated the front of our house with kind of an underwater mermaid-ish theme um, because our girls, you know, obviously they love mermaids and all of that fun stuff. So uh, it was good for us uh, uh, because of what you were talking about earlier, which is just like you, you're, you're making memories with people while you're sitting there doing that. And I, I really did gain a new appreciation for that. I mean, I think, you know, I'm an outsider, but I think that that's going to be a formative experience in your girls' lives. It's one, you know, those are the types of memories I hold on to, at least. So I think it's important for us to create the opportunity for young people to have those moments, too. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna totally turn this 180 degrees. But um, uh, so Mandalorian season two, you Love watched, it. you loved it. Okay, so how'd you feel about uh, the last episode? Um, I there were definitely moments where my husband and I were like hollering at the TV and like, oh my god, the X wing came. Who is it? Is it? Is it really? Or is it going to be? Are they gonna go there? And I was like psyching myself out thinking like they're not gonna go there like I, it was just this my brain went to immediate panic mode where i couldn't think about what was actually happening because i was like ah, what I, uh, ha. Um, so, yeah, I loved every minute of it i thought the season was great um uh there 
or highs and lows and it's just wonderful, wonderful writing and acting and music and just so many elements that at least for me is everything that makes me happy about Star Wars. Yeah, my sister is uh, watched. She's almost done with. She has, I think, three episodes left in season two. And she asked me some question about something, and I was, I almost said, "Yeah." And then when Luke comes back, I was like, "Oh crap, no, I don't." <laughs> I, I, was, I was texting. I was like, "Oh crap, okay, delete, 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 delete." Um, so cool. Uh, yeah, so- yeah I, I absolutely. It's some of my favorite Star Wars content out there. Um, I love it. I, you know, last time on this, on the show, you guys asked me my favorite Star Wars movie. I was a little torn and I think I finally come to grips with the fact that I, I truly love Rogue One and I think it really is my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, and I think it's, it's tied to the same reason why I like Mandalorian and why I like Rebels is that it is unencumbered by the saga of the other characters that we are also invested in and it frees the story into being like its full potential that's well i agree with all of that you know i mean like why chain yourselves to skywalker saga forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and it's like some of their most interesting content has been when they decide to just break free of that. Um, when I first started watching Rebels, I I just wanted something to watch passively. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, let me try this. And then I, wasn't, I had no expectations. And then it drew me in. And I loved falling in love with the characters without having any baggage that came with it you know it was just it was freeing and um and it made those moments where they made connections with characters you loved all that better i remember i'll never forget uh, in rebels when you know everybody was geeking out it's like it's ahsoka tano and i was like who the heck's ahsoka tano you know, it's like so. I had to go. I had to go Google some stuff to figure out what's going on. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no. Yeah. I watched Rebels before. I like. I'm only actually now getting to the end of Clone Wars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which means next year you won't be surprised when you see a crew of Ahsoka's marching. <laughs> oh, absolutely! I'm ready for it. Well, cool, well, Ariana. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, where can people find out about Chewbacca? Absolutely. We are at Chewbacca's.org. Um, Bacchus, like the Roman God with two C's, y'all. Um, <laughs> and we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, crew of Chewbacca's or Crew of Chew. Um, and uh, come join us. We're fun, crazy, weird nerds, and we love everybody. And how do people join the uh, costume contest again? Um, so the costume contest, you need to post on Facebook or Instagram and use the hashtag Chewbacca's New Reality 2021 and by 8 p.m. on Saturday. Um, and we have those details on our Instagram and Facebook as well if you want to go look it up. 
Right. Right on. And uh, so, and so, and for all of our listeners, remember if to, if you want to tell your friends how to find the Hoot at Jedi podcast, just go wherever you find podcasts. And if you can't find us there, then yeah, then how shoot. are you listening to this? Yeah, then shoot. Yeah, how are you listening to this? But yeah, if they can't find it there, then you know, send them a link or tell or send a you know Twitter DM to Dave, and he'll get us on that uh, uh, that mode of giving you podcasts. But we're kind of we're a lot of places. Before when we started, it was like, yay, we're on Apple Podcasts. No, we're no, no, actually, it started on Podbean. You know, that was it, and then. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've grown a little bit, um, but cool. Well, all right. Well, thanks everybody. And, uh, hope you're staying safe and staying healthy and it is carnival season. So even though it is tough, it's like, you just kind of want to, like you said, just kind of mope a little bit, but try to try to figure out a way to have a little bit of carnival fun. Um, and, uh, something for yourself. So, yeah. Uh, so until then we will say who dat. Who dat? Who And everybody have a great week. Makanki.